This is DJ Bagwell with the Share Hope Global Podcast, and today we have an awesome episode for you. I sit down one-on-one with one of our favorite people, Uncle John, as we like to call him, John Zuckerman. He is a missionary. He's a minister. He's traveled all around the world uh, ministering to people in gypsy communities in Israel, Africa, set up training schools with Global Ministries and Relief. Awesome guy. He's a good friend, more, more importantly. In fact, uh, if you want to follow him, I would tell you to go to facebook.com slash jzmissions. It's like a spell, J-Z missions. And he uh, he doesn't post that often, but what he does is whenever he's going on a trip, for example, he just went to uh, uh, Eastern Europe and Israel last year, he'll ramp up his page and let you know what's going on, share pictures and videos. He does receive donations to help cover some of the cost of the trip. So while you're at it, if you like what you hear today from John, because he does some awesome teaching in, this, in today's podcast, go to his Facebook page, follow him, see what he's doing. And of course, go to our Facebook page. Go to our Instagram page and Twitter, Share Global, and we would love to hear from you. So get ready for an awesome episode. Welcome to the Share Hope Global podcast. This is DJ Bagwell, and we have a special treat for you today. So Denise is not with us right now, but I have our friend, um, one of our mentors and someone we call and everyone else calls around the world, Uncle John. We have John Zuckerman. How are you, John? I am doing well. Glad to be with you today. Thank you. So, um, John, just to give a little background about who he is to us. So we moved to Tampa almost three years ago, uh, two and a half years ago, and um, him and his wife, Chris, became family to us. Uh, we didn't know anyone in Tampa. We moved here. God opened up a door. And since then, we've been uh, working together in ministry, going to the same church. Uh, but now, uh, and we'll get into more of what he does, but John has a ministry called Beth Kavod. And they are serving as a spiritual covering for us here at Sure Hope Global. And so John is someone who we'll probably have on multiple times just because uh, just like he does for Denise and I, he gives us direction, information. He shares with us just on a personal relationship level. Um, and because that's because we want from him. We always go call him up for meetings and say, John, let's sit down. Let's talk. Let's pick your brain. I remember uh, we were going through some different uh, difficulties. Uh, back when we first moved down here, I remember John praying for me and, um, just seeing what God did with this relationship. So now we really have a covenant relationship. So again, thank you, John, for who you are to us. And I know that everyone's going to enjoy who you are. So tell us a little bit more about your background. I know you traveled all around the world as a missionary. Yeah, I am born Jewish and was raised with no knowledge of God at all. Um, and a family just didn't know there was a God. In my journey, I would search out different gods, and I would end up at a Pentecostal church years later, have these amazing encounters, and realize that Jesus, I would invite him to be my Lord and Savior, that he is God, and that this is what life was really all about. Mm. I saw myself preaching before I got saved. I didn't understand it all, but I just saw that there was this place in the, in the rest of the world that I belonged. And I didn't know how to get there. And I would start serving at my church and worked in Messianic congregations and grew. And 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 then years later, I'd be in a revival meeting, got touched by God again, and would meet this South African couple that you know, <laughs> Dr. Leon and Bridget. And they really mentored me and trained me to go to the nations. Uh, we have Bible schools, different things we bring when we go from revival meetings to planning Bible schools, humanitarian work. But it was really their mentoring 
um, and I've worked with them for over 20 years, and, and I know you know them, yeah. that's really challenged me to go to the nations. And, and the first time I went into Africa, there's an old saying, if you go to Africa, Africa will get into you, mm-hmm. and it does, and I've been there over 20 times. I've done a lot of work with gypsies in Bulgaria. I've had the privilege of being in a lot of neat places, and it's always about the people. I love culture, but it's about the people. And um, this is just a great season to be in. There's a lot going on in the world. Not everything's how we like it, but it's a great opportunity to say, this is what Christianity is. This is the cause of Christ. This is what Jesus came for. And unfortunately, we allow, as Christians, we allow others to define us. We allow the media to define us. We allow other people's mindsets of us say, oh, that's what the Christians are. And it's not the correct definition. And people don't understand our cause as true believers in Christ. And so I thought that might be a good topic to talk a little bit about who is Jesus? What did he come for? What is the cause of Christ? That's good. So so now this is something that's really been been on your heart lately. And I think it's a great foundational teaching we can have on today's podcast. So you ask the question, who is Jesus? What do you mean by that? Well, who is he? In other words, is he the son of God? Is he what the Bible says? I believe he is. Um, But more importantly is a lot of people think he's come as this hammer, this hard person, this hard God that is against us or punishing us. But he came with abundant love, abundant purpose, abundant grace. And he just keeps reaching out to you saying, come back to the father. Everything is fine. Everything is well. He just wants a covenant relationship. And, you know, we talk about that all the time. In fact, I remember growing up and you go to church and you hear, don't do, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. And many people have this idea that God is this mean father who's just telling you what not to do. But as you get a relationship with Jesus Christ, just like we have and many mm-hmm. people listening have, you realize that he's just a loving, good father. And that's what so many people are missing. There's a scripture, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Yeah. Plans to prosper and not harm you. Yes. To give you a hope and a future. Yeah, that's These right. are the plans I have for you. That, that's that's the, the heart of Christ. And if you follow what, what Jesus actually did, he healed the brokenhearted. Hmm. There was not a disease that wasn't healed. He came to heal and restore relationship. And he proved it through healing and miracles every day of his life. Creative miracles, healing. Peace, joy, forgiveness. And that's that's the heart of Christianity. Um, do we sometimes follow as Christians? Yes, we're human. Mm-hmm. And I would challenge Christians to remember what the cause of Christ actually is. Do you proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you go out and pray for the sick? Do you actually expect them to get healed? Mm. Or do you just want to make everything all nice and pretty when people are going through a storm? Well, now let's dig into that a little bit. So okay. I know, again, we mentioned that you've been around the world doing ministry. What, is, what does that look like for you? Whether praying for the sick, how was it received by the people? Because I think a lot of people listening right now may have no experience ever doing that. And it doesn't have to be around the world. It could be with your neighbor. But what, is, what did that look like for you in the times that you've operated like Jesus did, healing, uh, operating in healing and praying and miracles? Well, it started in my backyard. Mm-hmm. In other words, it started in a local church. Uh, we were taught, pray for the sick. Expect God to heal them. Very simple. Then opportunities come to travel. And basically, people want to get better. If you're in pain, I pray a simple prayer and God heals you, you receive with no problem. And it really is that simple. We complicate things because what we forget is God's paid for something. 
So here's how I like to put put it. Um, like DJ, if we go out for dinner mm-hmm. and you say, John, I got I got the bill. I'm not going to think about the bill. I'm not going to think, did you cheat the waitress? I'm not going to think, did you leave a good tip? I know you. It, you just chose to buy, just right. as if I did. Now, if I can trust you as a man with a bill and you say, I got this, and I don't think about it, why can't I trust God, the creator of heaven and earth, with what he said he did for us? That's really good. Because we'll trust a brother over a simple meal, but we won't trust the creator of heaven and earth who said, I've he- I came to heal. I came to heal all sickness, all disease, and that you can live healed. And that it's love, it's power, it's demonstration. But we have to be unashamed of the gospel and the power of it. So a lot of people are unashamed, well, will share the gospel but they won't share the power of the gospel. That's good. And that's what sets people free. So whether I'm in a gypsy community where there's a language barrier, I'm working through an interpreter, person gets healed, the person gets healed. They're, they're just happy. If you're in pain and you're not in pain, it's really not that complicated. Like the blind man that got healed, he says, I don't know, I just know I was blind, now I can see. And we sometimes forget that simple thing. We want to pretty it up or we want to counsel people or um, when we're supposed to send them away healthy and whole. Right. And that's a challenge to the body of Christ to come back to what Jesus said to do. Make disciples, pray for the sick, cast out devils, see people come whole. We live in a broken environment. No one will question that around the world. It's broken. Uh, Whenever I travel, young girls are always at risk in every culture, in every community. They're the greatest at risk, plain and simple. And it's in America, too. Then other, there are other departments. Why are they risk? Because there's something wrong in man's mind. Well, I think there's two camps of people you mentioned about. That's what we should be doing. And that's referring to Matthew 28 and 18. And so that says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And so that's that very basic Great Commission scripture that everyone knows. And so there's two camps of people, I believe, ones who know that's the truth and just don't do it, maybe out of fear, apprehension, busyness in life. Then there's other people who may not know that's what every Christian is supposed to do. Right. So you said yours started off just in the backyard at church uh, in your local surroundings. And then you started going around the world as a part of your, I guess, vocation, if you will. Um, and praying for people and doing, you said creative miracles where people said were in pain and you laid hands on them, it sounds like, and they were healed. And It's really not complicated. Um, it's a matter of, do I, do I even read the Bible to know what to trust in? Oh, that's good. So it, it really starts, I was blessed with some amazing mentors in my early days, great pastors who were so immersed in the word of God and in prayer. And they said, this is our foundation always. And so it was uh, integrity, character, word, prayer, all that was ingrained early on. So I just read the word a lot. And I wanted to make sure what I was sharing lined up. But if it lined up, I had a confidence, not in me, not in my gifting, but in the word. Because God said, my word is life. And so if I'm sharing God's word, my governors are always love, love, then under that, there's a whole bunch of things going on. There's power, there's miracles, there's giving, there's all these things going on. But the governor's always love. Never heavy-handed. You don't have to get healed if you don't want to. Right. I'm not going to make you get healed. I can't. I can't heal a frog. But I can pray for you and watch God do the amazing 
time and time again. I think you make a good point that as Christians, if love is our foundation or our governor, like you said, I think that would really help propel us out of that fear that a lot of people have about sharing the gospel, evangelizing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, trusting God to heal someone that's sick. I think when we see people as Jesus saw them as these are God's people. This Mm -hmm. is my brother. This is my sister. They're in pain. Why wouldn't I go pray for them? Right. Exactly. And so I think knowing the word that that's a possibility. Right. Knowing the word that that's a mandate for all Christians. Right. We can step out of that fear and the apprehension. And and here's the thing. That's basic Christianity. Mm. That's nothing special. That you pray for someone, they get healed. That's not like, oh, wow, you're like this all. This is basic Christianity. And I think we've forgotten what basic Christianity is. You're right. It really is. Jesus said, go and do this. He didn't say you were special. He didn't say you were this. He says, just go and do this. Everyone, just go pray for sick. And what if they don't get healed? Well, what if they don't? What if they do? In other words, there's no guarantee every time I pray for someone, they're going to be healed. No guarantee at all. Yeah. And so I guess my question is, I'm imagining someone listening right now and they're saying, okay, that sounds good. I believe Jesus can heal. I want to operate in that as my basic Christian duty. Mm-hmm. Where do I start? With somebody that's in pain. Mm. Um, in other words, I'm sometimes I might be at a coffee shop, just sitting there, minding my own business, not looking for something. And I'll just sense something. I'll just sense something um, just in my spirit, man. Like, like, you know, there's somebody over there that just looks like they need help. Mm. I'll just go talk to them. And all of a sudden, it might be a God set up. And then before you know it, I'm praying for him. Hmm. I didn't have to know the person. I just sense that sometimes God interrupts my schedule and sets me on these divine appointments. When I start my day, I make it clear God interrupt me. Hmm. It doesn't mean I respond correctly every time. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not going to be perfect. Uh, we're all busy and we get caught in busyness. But I say, interrupt my day. Set me on a divine appointment. And it's amazing. You'll come into people of different lifestyles, different cultures that you wouldn't normally talk to, maybe. Wouldn't be the person you'd want to hang out with, maybe. You may think their lifestyle's wrong. God's setting you up. And just share how you would share. Treat them, you know, it may be alternative lifestyle that you don't agree with. Right. I just treat them like God loves them much as me. Yes. And what is God saying at that moment? I never... I never play it down. I never soften it. Like I never water it down. Mm-hmm. This is what I believe. And this might help you. And so I want to interrupt people's life with, with Christ. And I think you make a great point. Again, going back that love is the governor. Mm-hmm. It was for Jesus when mm-hmm. he came, you know, and died for all of our sins before we even were here. Right. The idea that love was his governor. And so when we're interacting with people who, uh, again, their lifestyle may not line up with biblical views. How do we treat that person? I've seen so many times where we think we need to fix them or if we can't fix them, then we're not we're not doing the right things. But really, it's just about loving them, Mm -hmm. uh, being a light. Mm -hmm. And from there, allowing God. Right. In fact, there's a scripture talks about that, you know, God giving the increase that some of us are watering, some are Mm -hmm. planting, but God is giving the increase. And so I think that's what you're kind of referring to is that. You may talk to the same person and you're dropping a seed in there. And then I come and I'm just loving my mm-hmm. wife in front of them. Like, man, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I want to love my wife like that. That's a little water on the seed. Mm-hmm. And God is starting to give increase to that seed that is inside of them. 
So that's a great advice to, I would say, Christians who are looking to interact with people maybe is let's not try to fix people. That's not our job. And that, that's a bigger point. A lot of times you don't want to involve yourself someone because you think you've got to fix everything going on. I can't take every homeless person in. Mm. I can't do it. So therefore, I'm not going to talk to a homeless person. Right. Like we take something way bigger than it is to look for an excuse. Uh, we condemn people all the time. You know, you look at somebody working the streets. Do we even talk about that topic? Mm. Do you really think these young girls want to be sleeping with five, ten guys a day, being drugged, tortured, all that? You think they want to do that? I mean, and yet let them come to church and they're looked down on like they're the worst people in the world. Mm. Like they were taken from a home. They were forced into a lifestyle almost every time. And, and it's a worldwide epidemic of what goes on. And we look at them like they're the worst thing on the planet. Right. I don't have to fix their problem. I don't have to invite everyone to my home forever. But I need to treat them that this is a broken person who has been taken away from a normal home with hopes and dreams and desires and been stripped of that. Yeah. And living under condemnation and, and, and just constant abuse. And then we add more to it. Instead of simply loving them and accepting them who they are, who Jesus knows they are, and where they belong in the body of Christ. And I think you mentioned something, and I know that Denise does this very well. Part of it's just noticing them. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we're so busy. I don't think it's out of malice or, mm-hmm. or ill content. We're just busy on our phones, with our kids, with our jobs, with work, even ministry as Christians. Mm-hmm. And we can miss the people that God actually wants us to minister to. And so that is great advice that mm-hmm. just taking time to notice people. And then from that, let's not judge anybody. Let's right. looking down on them. But what we're doing is I see us as a bridge to Jesus. Exactly. And how can it be a bridge if you're breaking the bridge yourself? Right. <laughs> so that is a great point you make. Now, now let's talk about um, you're a Christian. You're saying, OK, I'm going to get in my Bible. I'm going to understand what God says about mm-hmm. about what I can do, what my authority is as a Christian. Mm-hmm. I am going to notice the people around me. And so now I, I know people who have done that part so far, but then they seem to dry up. That that same passion they once had dries up. Have you ever been like that? And if you haven't or have, what have you seen help get people out of that? Because I know so many pe- people start on fire for Christ. Mm-hmm. Things don't work. The prayer, they pray, the person they get healed, so now they're done or Life hit them. They lost their mom. And now, well, God must not be good anymore. What do you have to say about that? This goes on all the time in Christianity. Broken people, they got hurt by somebody. They got disappointed and blamed God. And it's where we place blame on things. You know, there is a real God. Well, there's a real devil also. He wants to destroy you. God is always for you. And we forget who we're talking about. We talk to like he's just this guy. Like, no, this is God, creator of heaven and earth. This is the all-knowing, powerful God. We don't talk to him like, oh, you're you did this to me. No, there's a reference. There's a he is for us. He didn't kill your family. You know, I've dealt with Holocaust survivors. I've dealt with uh, communities where the girls are at risk. I've been in different communities. God's not against them. God didn't force this. Every man has a choice, though. And what happens is we got to get over stuff. Nowhere did it say everyone would get healed every time you pray. Jesus even said there's places where he had limited 
in his own hometown. Right. He was limited. Right. Okay. If he's having problems, and if he's having problems with his followers, mm-hmm. you know, and he's he's pretty well got it down. <laughs> you know. So I think we just got to get over stuff. I'll never forget. Uh, it was a Bible. You remind me of a Bible study. Gosh, thirty years ago, roughly, maybe longer, and. I'll never forget the neighbor's kid came to join us. This was just our group. Like they weren't normally part of it. Sure. But she came over, she was like 10 year old, 12 year old girl, and she wanted us to pray for her grandmother who was dying. Huh. I, I was leading the group. I'm psyched. I'm like, first creative miracle coming, yes. life of the. I'm psyched about the whole thing. We pray, we pray up a storm. Don't see her a couple weeks, it was two or four weeks later, I forget. I think two weeks later, uh, she comes back. I'm like, How's your grandma? Oh, she died. Oh, wow. Yeah, just the life went right out of me. And like, that, that happens, oh, though. That happens. And, and so I didn't kill her grandmother. <laughs> God didn't smote her. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And it was pointed to man wants to die. No, there is a time for everyone. Yes. John G. Lake, who had one of the greatest healing miracle ministries ever known to mankind, yeah. said, there is a time appointed. There is dignity in the Christian deathbed. There is a time just go to sleep. Right. Um, we don't need to torture our bodies to death with all kinds of stuff. Sometimes it's just time to lay down. Yeah. Um, and so we don't know that time in each person. It, so I could have either just stopped praying. Like, oh, and then God's word is not true. Well, God doesn't lie. His word is true. So if I go back to the word as my foundation, yeah. I go, okay. I just kept praying for people. And in time few things happened. I got greater revelation of how of what God was saying. My my faith grew. But more than anything is I gave God opportunity to move. I said, I'll respond when you say. Right. I do my best to respond to what if I sense God saying something or doing something. So so now let's talk about that. Because I, I feel there's some people right now that are saying, well, I don't ever feel God tell me to do something. So, you know, I don't know when to move. What was that like for you learning to hear from God and learning how to operate with God in well, the supernatural? First of all, it was I knew the word said go and do. OK, so it starts with the word. That's a great point. That's, I think. Yeah. In fact, in fact, let me stop there. I think so many Christians are waiting for a random word from God to download from heaven or a prophet to come in town mm-hmm. and give you this word. But really the Bible says we just read it there. Go. The Make word disciples. is the declaration. These I'm signs the- will follow those who believe. Lay hands on the sake of the recover, right? And so you make a great point. Just first of all, stand on the word. The word says go. The word says this can happen. Yeah. By his stripes we were healed. And work out of the covenant of a local church. Mm. With spiritual authority submitted to spiritual authority. That's where also people get off. It is a biblical place to be. The church is meant to function with with spiritual authority. They have spiritual watch over our soul, the pastors. We're meant to function there. Because that way, as we're beginning to minister, we might need counsel. Hey, you're, you're, you're doing this incorrect. Learn this. In other words, the whole point is to grow and mature and not be your own superhero. You're right. And we, we forget that the church was placed there for, to help us learn to function yes. in where we're called. Also, we're not called to everything. You know, I love children. I am the most pathetic children's minister <laughs> on the planet. I love children, though. It's not a lack of love. I have zero gifting in training and teaching children. It's just a fact. Yeah. I, and it's okay. Um, 
In fact, they need to be a little bit older for me to really function in my main gifting. Right. Doesn't mean I don't love and won't try, but everybody has a place. Everybody has a place. Some people go into prison. Some people go, you'll find your place in the kingdom of God, but don't even limit to that. Everywhere is, it's a big world out there. But I think that starts to your point with finding a home church you can kind of anchor down in. Absolutely. Get fed, get teaching. Also, I, I've realized in my ministry that when I lead in ministry, God is working through me and in me. I'm learning how to hear from him on how to lead in that particular ministry. So we'll take a quick break to really say this. If you are someone who is looking for a church home, Sherhope Global is not a church. We have no church affiliations, but we want to be a resource to you. So if you email us, if you go to our website, www.sherhopeglobal.com, uh, email us and we'll do our best to connect you with someone who can help find your church in your local area. We want to make sure that you connect to a strong Bible-based church. Um, and we want to make sure that you're getting the things you need to go forward in this journey. So, John, I want to really pull on you on, I want you to share some of the experiences you've seen and you've been a part of in those creative miracles or in those healing miracles. Because I think a lot of people have never seen those things. Mm -hmm. They've uh, maybe read the Bible and saw, okay, well, Jesus did this, but I don't think a person can. Now, uh, if you haven't heard yet, I would tell you, go listen to the podcast that has my mother on there. She talks about mm -hmm. some of uh, her, her, her different, um, I guess, her uh, deliverance ministry. Mm -hmm. And she talked about healing as well. But I know you've done some different things as well. And I think it would be kind of cool to hear your mm -hmm. testimonies about how God has used you or the people around you in uh, healing ministry. I want to do that. I want to go one step further where we're at for just another minute to give sure. another example. Please. Because I had this quick little reminder of something years ago it was about midnight or so I'm coming home from ministry pulling in a gas station about three bays over young couple really sharp looking uh pop out and it's night it's just us there you know i don't know them from nothing i shout across hey when are you gonna start preaching he says hey i'm waiting on god really and, oh no it gets one i said <laughs> hey he's waiting on you I don't know the guy from nowhere. <laughs> he was just trying to get some gasoline. Yeah. He pulled him in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I don't know him. Um, so where I'll be used a lot is, is with some of the prophetic giftings where I'll interrupt somebody's life mm. intentionally. And I'll just walk up and start talking to them. Mm. And if I believe God's giving me something to share with them, sometimes it leads to healing, prayer. Sometimes it's challenge about the call of God on their life. Um, and I'm not, I mean, I it could go on. I'll never forget. We were all out, uh, just at like a place eating some wings, just eating out. This was years ago. And these three guys come sitting at a table next to us, mm -hmm. just fun guys. They, they were just bouncing off the walls, just being young. And I, I see, um, that I just look at him and I go, man, he's got a call of God on his life and he's not following it. This is what I'm sensing. Mm -hmm. We're just eating dinner. I'm with friends eating dinner and these guys. And so a little bit later, I just leave the table, my friends. I just go sit with the guys. Really? No, I just go sit with them. Boom. They're young guys. They don't care. They're like, yeah, come on over here, whatever. <laughs> Bring some wings with you. you know, they, right. they were fun, good guys. Yeah. And I start looking at the one guy. I said, listen, you don't know me, you know, uh, minister, but I was just thinking about you. I just want to share some thoughts. And I start talking about the call of God on his life. Now, his friend interrupts. He says, 
starts hitting them, you know, just hitting them. And I'm like, yeah, you were supposed to be doing that. Not us. Like, they were they were doing crazy <laughs> stuff. But they knew he was different. They knew there was something different about his friend that wasn't following what he's supposed to do. Well, let's pause in the story and let's break down what happened. So, first of all, you made yourself available to hear from God, right? You said, God, interrupt my day. And he did. Right. He gave you something in your spirit and your conscience and your knowing that... Something's going on. Mm-hmm. Number two, you weren't the creepy, spooky Christian guy. I have a, the Lord says <laughs> to you, you know, you went over and said, hey, guys, let's hang out. You have relationship. Yeah. Just like Jesus does with us relationship. You came over and said, hey, guys, let's hang out. Mm-hmm. And then I think step three is you took a risk. That's a big part about being a Christian and operating in these gifts is that mm-hmm. you have to take a risk and say, all right, I'm just going to ask a question. And I like how you did it. You didn't, again, go to the, this is what the Lord right. says. You said, hey, I want to share some thoughts with you. Here's what I think is you should, you know, consider. And he was open to that. And yeah. his friends even confirmed it. His friends, he actually just kind of froze. <laughs> and his friends were confirming it. Um, I walked in, uh, you know, we were doing some ministry in New York years ago on the streets in some rough areas. And I'll never forget because I... Walked up to a young black man. I'm Jewish, and because they can't see who I and uh, <laughs> and um and he just got out of prison. Uh huh. He's walking with that, and we just he was rough looking. I mean, yeah. he was like I did not want him thumping me upside the head. <laughs> he was, just, and we just got talking though. And what God showed me some things about him. He didn't normally hate whites. He didn't normally hate Jews or mm. Christians. In prison, he learned to hate. Right. He got in with a group as more as an Islamic group that taught him this, but it wasn't in his heart. And so I just said, you know, you never hated before, did you? So where did you learn this? So I, and he started sharing this. So in other words, God showed me where he learned to hate, where he learned to have these issues. So I just started calling him out on these things. Now, I knew I was right because his aunt was a very loud, happy Christian, <laughs> and she would do a quick little celebration each time I would share. Yeah. And he was like... First of all, I was not in a neighborhood I would normally be in. Right. Which I stuck out. Okay. And he knew this. Like, how are you as a Jew telling him about Jesus Christ in this neighborhood at this bus stop? Right. So that arrested him. Then what took place in prison? I said, this is the group you were with, wasn't it? This is what they taught you. Yeah. But that's not your heart, is it? And we went on. We ended up, we were supposed to just talk to people for a few minutes, tell them about a big event. I spent about 30, 40 minutes with him. And at the very end, I never forget, he let me pray with him, not to accept Jesus at that time, but he agreed to pursue. That's awesome. He saw enough to say, I know what you're going to ask. You're going to ask me to say this prayer. I said, I said, how about this? How about will you agree to pursue? He gave me a strong hand. I will. Like, I don't, I don't have to fix all these yes. problems. But a lot of times... Where I'll get used a lot is is hearing what's going on in someone's life. I remember a, a, a prophet, I, I, he passed on, Kim Clement. Kim Clement talked about healing once at a meeting years ago, one of the most accurate prophets and personal prophecy I'd ever heard. He said, quite often, he doesn't pray for healing, though he believed in all of it, is he asked God, what's the blockage? Uh, he said, quite often he's dealing with Christians who have the faith. There's nothing like, why aren't they healed? And God would show them what the blockage was. And when they dealt with that blockage, maybe it was anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, all of a sudden the healing would just come. Wow. So rather than praying for the sore back or the injury, what, what's wrong? Why aren't you being healed already as a child of God? Let me say, if you're taking notes right now, that's a great thing I would say to write down is that, 
a lot of times uh, we're praying for our own healing. And maybe that's what's causing us not to have faith to pray for others is that we're not getting the healing that we're expecting. We're not getting the breakthrough in our job like we're expecting. And there might be a blockage. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage everyone right now to pray and say, God, what's the blockage? If there is a blockage, right? We see sometimes in the Bible that there's principality holding things Mm -hmm. up in the spiritual realm, but sometimes it's just us and things we have going on that, and I believe we have a loving God who loves us so much. He will not even release us into this thing because we couldn't handle it because that blockage. Mm -hmm. And so that's a great uh, just tip you share right there is just praying about God. What's the blockage? Show me the blockage. See, we forget God cares more about you and me than we think. Yes. You know, that he actually is more concerned about you than what you're going to do. Yes. And that's where a lot of people get off. And also, just because something isn't totally working in your life doesn't mean you can't pray for someone in that area. Yes. For example, my wife and I never had children. Don't know why, but it's a fact. I've prayed for people who were told they couldn't have children and they would end up getting pregnant right away. Um, time and again. Didn't make sense in the natural, mm-hmm. but I'm, the Bible said pray for what they need. Yes. It doesn't mean if it has to be working perfectly in my life. I'm not the one doing the healing. Yes. You're right. <laughs> you know, we, we forget that we think we have to have experienced these things. You know, I was very fortunate, though I was surrounded by drugs and alcohol and craziness, I never got involved in that. Right. And it was not because I was a Christian or knew God. It was just a grace of God that I was on me that I didn't even know about. Um, I can still pray for a drug addict. I don't have to relate to everything he's gone through. Yes. You know, we think, well, I did this so I can relate. Well, there is a piece of truth to that. But Jesus didn't have to get sick to pray for the healing. He never got sick. No. He never got it. He wasn't a drug. He didn't have these problems. It was just love-based. And authority based yes and what he saw the father do he did yes and we forget that all i need to do is what is the father saying about this situation and it may be well out of my knowledge base i've walked into uh business scenarios with people i didn't even know their business way out of my league not out of my league i understand how their business functions sure but i give them a clarity of what to do in their business wow um, and they would look like, well, how did you know? Where? I said, I don't. I don't even know how it works. But I saw this, this, and this. And if you did this, this, and this, this will. And and I write out a very clear thing. And that's just, I didn't have to know their business. I just saw the father saying, help them here. And if they'll do this, it's going to help them a lot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you meet those people down the road and they'll actually come back to you years later. Do you remember when you said this? Yeah. And. And sometimes you never do. Uh, but could you imagine their faith, how it built up in the relationship with Christ when you gave them this word, mm-hmm. gave them a strategy, mm-hmm. a word of knowledge, if you will, I guess, a word of wisdom on how to operate this piece out. And then it happened and it worked like it did. I mean, that grows people's faith so much. And that's a good reason to take risks. In fact, I'll share a story. Uh, one of our first interactions together. I know that, that Denise and I came over to your house. You might not remember this. And uh, we were going through some challenges. And I remember like, you know what, let me pray for you. And I remember uh, you were the first person ever to pray for me, like look at me in my eye while I was praying. Usually people close their eyes. I was like, all right, this is kind of weird. But uh, stare at me in my eyes and pray. And uh, I remember you saying that, uh, you know, I'm going to lay hands on you. You're going to feel some heat in your chest. And I'm thinking, I don't know what this guy's talking about, but all right, you know. And so I remember going home that night. I was like, Denise, there's heat in my chest. It wasn't like a burning pain, but mm-hmm. it was almost like a 
reminder from God that I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm still operating in the supernatural. You to take that, you know, again, risk and that love step to, you know, to see the meanings we're going through something to pray for us. And it really bonded us together. First of all, it comforted us to know that we have someone who's going to pray for us, that God, we could feel his tangible presence on me. And then to really set up a relationship with us where we can come to you and say, hey, we know this guy. At least we know he could pray. So, you know, <laughs> he's worth keeping around. So and I, our food is good. And, and that's the most important part <laughs> to me. The food is good. <laughs> but I think for everyone out there, I think the idea is just to take risk. Know your word. Get in there. Get to know Jesus. Know him for yourself before you go anywhere else, I guess. And um, make it all love based. The other thing that's really important is. Forget about titles and be part of a local church where you're submitted to leadership because you're going to want to have spiritual accountability. You need to grow up. And just because somebody got healed doesn't make you a superstar. It makes you a Christian practicing Christianity. At the end of the day, people who say they're Christians, do they practice Christianity? Or do they just say, I said a prayer and that's it? And we need to take some responsibility for our own walk. And that's really what I think is missing today in a lot of people's lives is we stare at, a, at technology all day. People will walk and not even look at people. Yeah. They'll sit in a restaurant on a date and not even look at the person. They'll each bring their phone to the date. I'm like, this is not a date, okay? <laughs> um, I'm 59. This is not a date. Right. The phone should not be, you shouldn't be staring at the phone. Mm-hmm. You should be staring at the person across the table. Yes. And, but we live in a day where that consumes us. People have walked off cliffs while they're walking on the phone. I mean, it's it's insane. People drive like insane people because they're not, they don't even look at people. Yes. And if you're a Christian, how are you practicing Christianity? Or is it just, I said a prayer? Right. So my, my one of my main purposes is to challenge people to practice Christianity. Practice what you say you believe. And you know what, John? I think you raised a good point because I think so many people right now are listening are saying, hey, I'm a Christian. I do practice Christianity. But based on the work that we started this off with, where the Great Commission, go out and make disciples, lay hands on the sick. You can speak in other tongues, all these different things that God says are part of just the basic Christian benefit package. (laughs) And everything should be rooted in love. We're not doing. And so I think there's some people right now that are are not offended by that. Mm -hmm. They're challenged. They feel maybe rebuked a little bit. But I think those people right now, if you wouldn't mind, and this is a good way to wrap up the podcast, is would you pray for the people listening right now that are saying, I thought I've been practicing Christianity this whole time and I haven't, and God, I want more. Absolutely. I'm pray right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you, first of all, for this podcast with Share Hope Global and what you're doing and going to continue to do. For those listening to my voice, I pray God encourages you tonight that you pursue after him, just like you pursued after someone you were in love with and wanted to marry and spend your life with. Pursue after God with everything. Be be hungry for the things of God. Get into the word and just simply pursue. I pray God lights a fire in you of desire to pursue. And just just step up. Man up if you're a man. Just say, you know, I'm just going to pray for someone. I'm just going to talk to someone. I'm going to look someone in the eye. I'm going to buy them a cup of coffee for no reason. Interrupt their lives for a good purpose. And I thank you, you're going to release your anointing in people's lives in ways they have no idea that even this week, if they'll do this, they'll start seeing creative miracles 
tangible miracles, people getting saved, people being restored to the love of God. So I just challenge you to pursue God with, and, and ask him to put passion in you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, John. It was a pleasure having you on today. I think we're going to do this again. We'll have the, I guess, Uncle John's segment every now and then. And uh, I think the people were blessed. I hope everyone uh, grew from this, learned from this, was encouraged by this podcast. Remember, if you have anything you want to share, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Share Hope Global on on uh, Instagram and Facebook. On Twitter, we are SHG Outreach. Uh, and remember, visit our website, sharehopeglobal.com or .org take you to the same place and we want you to connect with us as we connect with you and try to just share the love of jesus christ around the world so john thank you been a pleasure always we'll have you next time and so for everyone else we'll talk to you again bye thank you for joining us this week we pray that you were blessed by this podcast be a blessing and share this with your friends or anybody in your network if you have any comments questions concerns please feel free to contact us You can reach us on all of our social media networks. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Facebook and Instagram, you can find us at Share Hope Global. And on Twitter, you can find us at SHG Outreach. In fact, we want to hear from you, so please comment. Let us know what you want to hear on future podcasts. You can even go to our website at www.sharehopeglobal.org. You can leave prayer requests, make a tax-deductible donation, and you can also just find out what we're doing in, in the community, future outreach programs. Uh, next time Denise is speaking or I'm speaking, we'll make sure we post it on there. But we want to hear from you. We want to interact with you. We love you. We appreciate you listening today, and we'll talk to you next time.